0: This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective.com where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can for find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard, not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? from your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. Well, tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right, and you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right, you go in DetroitBeardCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Oh, uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. It's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beard Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander, and I appear to be all alone today. So, I don't... I thought... Don't really know what I'm going to talk to you about because I didn't really plan anything, and I don't know what to expect. The name's W.K. Craig. W.K. What? How did you do this? Don't ask questions. Are Sander. you gonna? What's that gun for? Don't ask questions, Sander. All right. So, gonna ask what game we were going to talk about, but I. I'll give you a hint. This gun might look like a Walther PPK, but it's actually a PP7. Okay. You're going to shoot me with your PP? Yes. I don't think I like this game. (laughs) Really? I enjoy it. All right. We're talking about (laughs) The Legend of Retro and GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep the music going, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) So, GoldenEye 007... Was of course made by Rare. Yes, you know during their golden years, and so it's a first-person shooter that was released in uh, August the twenty-fifth of nineteen ninety-seven, and it really revolutionized console shooters. Yes, you know it. I mean, this is the game that made people realize, oh, you you can play first-person shooters on a console you know and it's mostly because of the fact that the multiplayer was such a smashing hit and it was added in as an afterthought mm-hmm. you know it was just thrown in at the last minute and they it, it revolutionized you know the the you know the gaming world i think now you were a james you've been a james bond fan for as long as you could remember right yeah yeah i i, I, I was a fan yeah i i mean there's still a ton of the movies i've not seen yeah uh, in fact now, i hadn't seen a james bond movie until Goldeneye came out and it inspired me to want to watch Goldeneye and you know mm-hmm. all that but like I was never a huge James Bond fan so when the game came out I didn't think anything of it uh, and I don't remember where I played it first but obviously the, Might the multi- my place I don't know no because I it would have been I know I had it before before you and I started hanging out Oh, Okay, yeah. Then, then you would have because you decided to hold horse. on, you know, to hoard your MP3s for some reason. But that <laughs> they were WAV files, Xander. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> they're worth their weight in gold. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I played it uh, at a, a, another friend's house. Mm-hmm. One of my first friends from uh, um, middle school. I think he had it, uh, Matt Rutkowski. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think I just blown away by the multiplayer, and then just asked for it that year and dresses it like my brother and i would play it all the time oh so good uh so yeah what about how about you when did you first play this i got it when it like first came out i i'm pretty sure i i had either gotten it right when it came out or maybe on my birthday which is a month later it's in september yeah uh you know this game came out about a year after the nintendo 64 came out and mm-hmm. i had gotten it right when it came out because once again it the nintendo 64 came out around my birthday it was in september at the uh, little bit after my birthday yeah. and uh so i first got this game just you know i had followed it in nintendo power uh, around that time me and my uh best buddy andy uh got really into the james bond movies mm-hmm. and so we got into these james bond movies this game came out and it just fueled the fire yeah and we really became huge fans of it uh in fact it's probably his favorite like movie series ever yeah uh you know i really enjoy the james bond movies there's definitely some movies that aren't as good in the james bond series which is kind of a shame it's it's not something you can universally recommend to somebody yeah but the movie goldeneye which this of course is based on is probably one of the better ones i think it's one of the more accessible james bond movies yeah it's uh uh, you Mostly know. because, like, it, I know for me, like, seeing, like, oh, this is that level. Oh, how oh, are yeah. we going here? Yeah, and I think that helps a lot of people. I think especially gamers can really appreciate the movie Goldeneye because of this game. Mm-hmm. Now, the the general premise of Goldeneye, and, you know, the game, of course, included, is that James Bond is investigating the Giannis Criminal Syndicate, uh, which apparently is planning to hijack a satellite weapon to cause financial crisis. And then James Bond finds himself pitted against a former W. Double agent that he once considered a friend, mm-hmm. Alec Trevelyan. Yep, good old Sean Bean. Oh yeah, Sean Bean. <laughs> I don't know if this is the movie that started the fact that he was dying perpetually. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it certainly didn't help. No, it certainly didn't. He had a pretty remarkable death in this movie too. Yeah, and falling uh, falling to his death, isn't it? Like well, uh, he didn't he didn't die in the fall. What you have to re- you have to remind me? Been- Spoiler, but the uh, entire uh, cradle satellite oh, falls on yes. top, or yes, the satellite right. dish falls on him after he's dropped. Yeah, he lived through the fall. He didn't live long after that. But I uh, so. The, the game itself, though, really follows the movie really well. It does add, you know, quite a bit to it because, mm. you know, you, you can only do so much from just exactly what happens in the movie. Right. So a lot of things are expanded upon, you know, like when Bond's in the statue park, you know, he has to go through all these different enemies, meet, you know, Valentine. Normally this would have happened, you know, at different places in the movie and there's yeah. not that many guards that he has to even deal with at all at the statue park. You know, but they add in a lot of fun stuff, and uh, in fact, there's even a few bonus levels at the end of the game, which use uh, different Bond movie yeah. references. You know, you go to was ad- it uh, Living Daylights and Moonraker? Moonraker. Uh, you go to as az- the Aztec. Uh, you go to the Aztec ruins, which has a-, a secret underground base. Yeah, which is all based on Moonraker. The other one is actually not necessarily from uh, a particular Bond movie; it just uses the villain. Uh, Baron Semity from, uh, uh, Living Daylights, isn't it? Not the Living Daylights. Baron Semity is from You Only Live Twice. Oh, okay. Oh, no, not You Only Live Twice. What the heck am I talking about? Now I'm losing my mind. Don't tell me. I'm going to look it up. You it's, just- uh... Oh, man. I I can't believe I've I've had a brain fart. Andy's going to listen to this and totally hate me for this. Uh, it's the Paul McCartney song. I. Uh, uh, you told me not to say it. <laughs> no, just say it. The Paul McCartney song is the theme to this movie. Now oh, you're going to make me actually it's remember it. It's also a Guns N' Roses it. song because I covered it. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't know that. I didn't. No. I, yeah. I should have known it. Yeah. Well, let's see. When you were young and your heart was an open book, uh-huh. you used to say, live and let live. You know you did. You know you did. You know you did. <laughs> this ever-changing world <laughs> makes you live and... Break down and cry. Try and break down and cry. <laughs> Fancy feast. It's <that's> cat food. <laughs> Live and let die. <laughs> live and let die, of course. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm having a horrible brain fart. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was really bad. Even when I went through that song, I still, it just wasn't I thought coming. As soon to as you're like, used to say live and let live, I thought for sure it would click in your brain. Live like, and let die. Yeah. No, it didn't. It honestly didn't. <laughs> I, I was just sitting there still scrambling to think about what it was. Uh, but I remembered the rest of the song. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you fight Baron Semity, who who's actually, uh, that movie's, uh, Live and Let Die is not a great movie. By any stretch. The villain is kind of interesting in it because it's sort of supernatural. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a weird thing they did. But the final level in GoldenEye is fighting Baron Semeti who perpetually comes back from the dead. And you have to find him and kill him again and then mm-hmm. find him and kill him again. Because that was Baron Semite's thing from the movie. He was like a witch doctor. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so I played the game, Craig. <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, didn't know if you saw that movie, though. No, I haven't. I think, honestly, I've seen all of the, the Pierce Brosnan movies. GoldenEye's good. GoldenEye's good. Yeah, there's not as uh, much. Not so much, but they started to bring in John Cleese, which was nice. Um, That's kind of cool. Who was R because Q died? Like yeah, well or Q was sick or, or whatever. Well, retiring and retiring, then passed away, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I saw uh, Casino Royale. Casino Royale might be the best Bond movie out there and, and it's I, one of the newer ones. And I don't think I've seen any of the others. You're not missing much from the newer ones. But right. all the a lot of the older ones especially like the Sean Connery films have quite a few really good ones. Yeah. You know, the the first few movies from Connery are great. A few of his later ones aren't as good. Mm-hmm. Uh George Lazenby's movies pretty good, but George Lazenby's Bond doesn't get a lot of credit. It's, right. you know, he's not as good. I, I think mostly it's the fact that people got so used to Sean Connery and then this random dude pops up. Yeah. Apparently, and I don't know how true this is, but apparently the woman who was uh uh you know his the bond girl for uh Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is of course Lazenby's one movie, apparently she was so mad that it wasn't Connery who she was starring with that she like apparently like wouldn't brush her teeth and stuff oh, wow. and kissing scenes. Like <laughs> apparently the rumor is, is that she treated him really bad because it wasn't Connery. I don't know how true that is, but that's a rumor I've heard. Wow. Yeah, so and then uh, uh Timothy Dalton wasn't the worst, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. Uh, he, he was played a kind of a cold Bond, which actually fits the books a little more, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. But I uh, uh, and then Roger Moore. Roger Moore is. They're also campy from Roger Moore for the most part. But in any event, I uh, Golden the video, the video game, <laughs> the video game uh, is it, it was it's it, honestly it's really really good. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's funny because a lot of people will complain to me. Like, when I tell them how great Goldeneye is, they'll say, like, well, you know what, the controls, they just don't hold up. They don't. But you know what, they're not that bad. They're not bad, but once you, and I remember the first time I played Halo, getting used to the whole dual stick, uh-huh. like, aiming. I was like, this is really weird, but, like, now it's its what the industry's based on. Yeah. Um, and it works really well, so transferring back, you know, from that, it, it's its really hard to do, and I think that's the hang-up for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, when... Goldeneye and even Perfect Dark were remastered uh, for Xbox and so on and so forth. So they went to the dual stick and it was much more. Well, tolerable. Goldeneye didn't actually get a remaster. It didn't. I thought it had a remake, re- uh, reloaded. Yeah, yeah, GoldenEye it had a remake, but it wasn't the same game. Yeah, it. it, it you know, it, it. Honestly, I didn't think it was very good. The the redone version, the yeah. you know, the remake, uh, reloaded, if you will. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, the Perfect Dark on on 360. You know, with the the dual control, it it's great. Like it, yeah. d- it definitely does improve the game. But I don't think that the C stick or C button, you know, uh, uh combo wasn't that bad. No, no, for the time, it was great. And I'm sure if, if we were to if we were to hook up Golden and start playing it now, we'd both be kind of rusty at it, and eventually get used to it. But funny story, Andy mm-hmm. is still a pro at Golden when we when I last played him, he destroyed me in tank to the point where we fought on a team together. He yeah. forced us to be on a team, <laughs> and he beat us both. I was so mad. If Andy's listening to this right now, I hate you. Like, really bad. I was very, very distraught by this. Yeah, because there was an episode of uh, Video Game Snobbery where you guys talked about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh huh. I I wasn't a fan. Good job, Andy. Uh... (laughs) But in any event, I will say that uh, uh, Andy and I did play this game so much together. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a a funny side note, like there was certain things we would do in the game that just like you know, I don't know. We we just got into these weird habits. For one, is that I always played Bond and he always played Trevelyan. You know, Mm -hmm. and every every time we fought. Uh, You know, we played against each other because you couldn't do really, you know, teams really in GoldenEye. It was just the fact that you, well, actually, no, I think you could. Yeah, I think there were. You would set up team matches in that. But I was going to say uh, you couldn't really like turn on computer opponents like in Perfect Dark. Right. Which is eventually what Andy and I would switch over to. But what we did do is we would play certain levels over and over again. Well, I say over and over again like we would stop them, but like we would play the runway. Mm-hmm. If you remember that level. Yeah. It's it's basically you you're escaping the facility. I remember the, probably the first like six levels really well and then everything else is a blur. Okay. Just because I didn't really go through as, yeah. as often cuz I mean, honestly, I played through to unlock different characters. Um I think there was an unlock. No, it was different uh, cheats you had. Yeah. yeah. So you I would, played these levels to get through those cheats um and most of my time was played multiplayer yeah now uh in the runway level you you escape the facility which yep. you've blown up yep and you need to escape to the the plane that's the end of this runway yeah now in the movie it's quite a bit more dramatic of yeah, course Busted out in a tank oh yeah yeah <laughs> but I. Uh, so the uh the really cool thing about this particular level in the game though is the fact that the enemies it's a fairly small area really and the enemies are always perpetually respawning. So what we would do is we would get our cheats on, Mm -hmm. like the all weapons and stuff, not necessarily even invincibility. Sometimes we would, but not always. And we would just run around this level blowing everybody to kingdom come and of, of what we what my favorite thing to do is is you turn on the tank. You don't get in a tank. You when you have all guns on and infinite ammo, you have the tank yeah. cannon and it's almost as if Bond is like throwing his hand out and a giant cannon shell is like flying across and blowing things up. And so I would just run around in circles pretty much just killing people over and over again, which is kind of scary, mm-hmm. but it was so much fun. Yeah, we would do that a lot. I remember speed running the uh, the first level over and over again, trying to get that whatever that uh, cheat was. In that oh level. yeah, the the dam. Yeah, that was a re- that's actually a really awesome first level. Yeah. Uh, now on the the quickest or the easiest, I should say, difficulty because there's. Uh, there's agent, there's secret agent, and then double O agent, which is yeah. the highest you know difficulty, of course. On regular agent, you just get to the you know part in the movie of the dam and you jump off. But in double agent mode, you and, have to go through the different rooms, you yeah. have to unlock these different things. Yeah, there's a lot more to it, which is a really neat feature for the game that they you know they have a really simplified version of the game, the regular agent mode. Yeah, but you can play through on double O, and there's tons more stuff. It's way yeah, harder. Way more, you know. Yeah, you take more damage. There are more objectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they they did a really good job with expanding on the source material, yeah. which is I think something that a lot of licensed video games based on movies just it falls yeah. so short. You know, they're either way off base or they're way too like the yeah, movie. You and know, and it seems like they all kind of took a turn for the worse after Goldeneye. Like <laughs> I can't think of too many good like movie licensed games after Goldeneye. Even the follow-up James Bond games weren't as good. They, they had their their, they moments. Had their moments. They had their. I I will say that. Uh, I, was it Tomorrow Never Dies? That was the second one. That was yeah. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies was after. Uh, Golden Eye, the world is not enough, and then die another day. And then die another day, yeah. Now, the I will say as an aside, the the James Bond movie or James Bond video games that weren't based on movies like Nightfire and I think it's Agent Underfire, mm-hmm. they're not bad. Like the the multiplayer is fun in them, yeah. Uh, and in one of them, I don't remember which, uh, you can actually turn on low gravity and grappling hooks, really? and you go, you basically fly through the level like a ninja grappling onto things. It's a lot of fun, but I. Uh, uh, But uh, to bring it back into GoldenEye, the the multiplayer, you know, like we said, it's it was an afterthought. They just they you know they had one dude work on multiplayer Mm -hmm. in like the last month, couple months or whatever, and and it's what made GoldenEye as popular and as amazing as it is because it's a fun game on its own. It's a great game, yeah. But the multiplayer is where it shines. You know, four person, first person shooter death matches. Yep, that's great. I I don't know about you, but I almost always turned on. you only live or what the, what do they call the version where it was just like one shot golden kills. gun? No, it wasn't golden gun. There was a, there was a mode or maybe it was just a setting. Well, there, it, they might've, I don't remember there was what they the called that, it. There was a gun that just straight up killed you and the that was golden gun, gun. Yeah. But the- there was also a setting. Uh, I think it was like true agent or something like that. Or maybe it just straight up was one shot, one kill. Well, I there don't know. Is, I mean, the movie is called you only live twice. But maybe it was reference to that. Now I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. There was some setting where just uh, you got shot once and you were dead. Yeah. And that that was how my brother and I always played. That's honestly, that's uh, 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 I wouldn't say All the the time played, realism. Like if you got shot, you're pretty much dead. You can't just take a whole bunch of shots and still live. It's that's garbage. <laughs> and then we went on to play the Halo games. Yep. And every other game since where you recharge health yep. like it's nothing. Mm hmm. Now, I will say in GoldenEye's defense, uh, you know, you can get body armor, of course, that yeah. boosts your health, but your actual health never comes back. Yeah. It doesn't recharge, which is pretty cool. I think that's a nice feature. I think it balances it out, too. So even if you want to cry realism, yeah. even the regular mode, I mean, you know, yeah, there's body armor, but, you know, it's not so bad. It's, yeah. it's fairly realistic, you know. You're, you're not recharted health. I always loved the actual, like, faces that they had on the characters. <laughs> And trying to get those characters, uh, like, in multiplayer, like, choosing the random guard or whatever. Like, I need guard A or guard B because it's got the weird face that I like. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if if you... You might have been able to do that in GoldenEye. I always chose Bond, so I'm not as familiar with that. But uh, I, in, I know in Perfect, I, in perfect dark, dark, you can change the head of the body. And <laughs> my brother and I would always have, like... <laughs> because you could then like change like meat Sims, or you could get like oh, like so deadly great. crazy Sims, or like so we would always dark have, Sims, yeah, dark Sims. We would always have like a bunch of meat Sims run around, and then one like whatever the hardest if it dark was dark Sim. Sim, we had one dark Sim, and it was there were two female characters in the game, uh one that wore a blue dress and one that wore a red dress, and the red dress was shorter, so we would give the red dress this old Regis Philbin looking <laughs> face, and he was the dark Sim. <laughs> And we're like, oh, God, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Regis Vilded in a dress trying yes. to kill you. Yep. That's great. Now, uh, uh, an aside for Goldeneye, uh, they actually had pr- originally programmed in, apparently, the uh, all the different bonds. Mm-hmm. So you, of course, had Pierce Brosnan, whose likeness, of course, was blended yeah. to the game. But uh, uh, the different dinner jackets... Uh, that they eventually put into Perfect Dark were a reference to all the different bonds that they had yeah. in Goldeneye that they originally had planned because they had, you know, uh, uh, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, you right. know, George Lazenby, Timothy Dalton all in. And I thought that was pretty cool. They, of course, had to remove it due to licensing, of course. Right. But, uh, you know, when they had first played around with the multiplayer, they, they had all the different bonds you could choose, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, what sheets did you play with? Now, a lot of the times, if I was like trying to like actually play through the game seriously, I would probably not have cheats on. But I will say, uh, the game becomes a lot more fun with unlimited ammo and all weapons because you can do the rid- most ridiculous oh, yeah. things. Heck, you can if you have also invincibility, you can throw a uh, one of those plastic explosives. They automatically blow up the whole level, so essentially the way the game works is the explosions follow Bond. They don't actually kill everyone in the level instantly because they've not been like generated or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you throw a plastique, the plastic explosives, blow it up, explosions start going around Bond, and he can just traipse through the level with explosions <laughs> surrounding him, and you just go through the level. Of course, a lot of levels, if you blow up like computer terminals, right. which they will— you don't you can't complete the you know the level or whatever but there's a lot of fun to be had in blowing up levels and just wandering around in them yeah I always like to play with uh Donkey Kong mode on or DK mode (laughs) oh yeah with the giant heads super arms arms and the gigantic heads made getting headshots extremely easy (laughs) very easy uh, there's like I think paintball mode yeah, paintball. you know uh, there, there's a lot of fun cheats uh, you know in, in the game you know of course you know unlimited ammo invincibility all that stuff's ba- yeah, you know, the basics but when we would play multiplayer uh, my brother would always take odd job because he was smaller yep harder to would, hit and he would always get the club and so he <laughs> would just constantly every time he'd kill me he'd go ha, ha, odd job with club <laughs> Uh, The club is honestly like the worst gun in that game. The good old Ken Lob oh yeah it's it's supposed to be this the spider if i remember correctly in other versions it was the the gun was called the spider but they called that one the clob. like even in the instruction manual it's referred to as the spider oh it might be uh and then in game they like they just changed it to to reference ken lob who worked for nintendo at the time or maybe rare i don't recall which but they named the gun after him which is why that gun is called the klo know uh, and even in uh in perfect dark it was like the klo 1313 because they couldn't call it the clob. it was still just a, a nod to that gun. Because it was basically the exact same gun. Well, the the gun really exists. You know, all the guns in that game, well, not all, but yeah. I don't think all. I don't think there's actually a clob gun, but that gun, whatever it was designed to be. Well, the the it's not called the clob in real life, but that gun really exists. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all the guns in that game had their names changed. So at the start of the episode, I referenced. The PP9, but it's actually a Walther PPK in real life. Yeah, you know, so they've altered all the names of the guns. Of course, you know, Raker lasers don't really exist. You know, the the stuff sure that they and, do, and rocket launchers are just rocket launchers. You know, but all the the guns that are, you know, like the, uh, uh, you know, it's a KF7 Soviet. You know, is uh, you know. Uh, the, the what it's called in the game, you know, things like that. Yeah. So during the development, the the club was called the Scorpion VZ slash 61 after it's real world co- counterpart, uh, presumably changed for legal reasons. The weapon was renamed the spider S P Y D E R. After the weapons changed to the fictional names, but had to be changed for legal reasons. Again, the name club was honored or chosen to honor Ken lob for his help during the development of the game game's menu was printed before the name change took place and the wrong name was used oh interesting lob is known as, as a boisterous opinionated man and many believe the gun's inaccuracy and effectiveness is uh part of the reason he had, he got the honor of having the gun named after him <laughs> that's funny yeah the that gun in that game is really bad it's always inaccurate it's so bad yeah ken lob uh let's see worked uh formerly employed by uh, yeah nintendo of america Yep. Oh, okay. Currently employed with uh, Microsoft Studios as a creative director. Oh, well I'll be dinged. Best known as the designer of the Killer Instinct series. Wow, good on him. Yep. Uh, as a, a a nice little note for when it comes to talking about the development of the game, uh, it was developed by like ten people, and that's it. Really? And eight of them never touched a video game, like like developed a video game. Wow. Two of them were experienced in video game development. And, and that was it. And these guys ended up making one of the most important licensed games of all time. Yeah. The the t- uh, I, I don't know if this particular team, but I mean, Rare at that time was just churning out. Oh great. Yeah. it was their golden years. You know, they had Donkey Kong Country series, Banjo Kazooie, Killer, Killer Instinct, Bad Day, Killer Instinct. Oh yeah, they they were doing so much great stuff. Uh, Jet Force Gemini. They yeah, yeah, yeah. well, okay, they weren't <laughs> all great, but. They, you know, they were just huge. Yeah, Rare was a force to be reckoned with in the in the late 90s. And then they left Nintendo. Yep. And now they're with Microsoft mm-hmm. and aren't really doing a whole lot. Not really. It's kind. Ca- a cameo. Really- cameo was, I, from what I'm told, was very good, uh, very good, like, you know, Current platformer, sort of. Oh, I, I don't doubt that they've done some pretty decent games, but I mean, they're, they're It's not like they used no, to. No, not you know? not at all on the on the level they used to. No, you know, it's. I, I I've heard Grab by the Ghoulies wasn't bad. I've heard yeah. from some people it was kind of crappy. I think depending on who you ask, Grab by the Ghoulies it. was a lot of fun or wasn't. I remember I always wanted to play it because it was a rare game, but I I didn't have an Xbox for a very long time, and by the mm-hmm. time I could, you couldn't find it on the shelf anymore, and I wasn't right. that really that concerned to track it down. Right. Yeah. The uh, you know, rare was just. I mean they were just titans at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think Goldeneye is is probably one of the highest points for him. I think the highest point was probably Banjo-Kazooie. That's everyone's like favorite game from Rare. Really over Donkey Kong Country, you think? Well, I I think when it comes to a lot of people out there, I think they do really love Banjo-Kazooie that much. I prefer Donkey Kong Country yeah. myself. I I um I never really got into Banjo-Kazooie until it was re-released on the Xbox 360. And I enjoyed the game, but I remember it came out around the time that I started to think like, ah, these are kids' games, like mm-hmm. like an idiot, because I missed out <laughs> on a ton of stuff. Um, like Pokemon Gold and Silver, I never played until Heart Gold Soul Silver, because of like I'm too old for Pokemon. Fool, I, I know, right? <laughs> I remember ho coming out and Ho-Oh. like and Ho-Oh just being like a great joke between you and I, and I remember walking to Fye in the frigging cold to get your copy. <laughs> Yep. And then going back to your house and you played that while I played uh, Majora's Mask. <laughs> I made the better choice. You certainly did <laughs> <In> that decision, <laughs> especially because I was playing the friggin' Water Temple at that time. Oh. Um but yeah, so I just I you know, there was just certain games where I was like, uh, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm kind of like a really smart gamer and I'm only going to play the really good games." And like yeah. I avoided A titles for a long time and then mm-hmm. I was and then I like I think Assassin's Creed was one of the first games I was like, "This has got some you know, got a lot of, of press. I'll check it out. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I've been missing out. Like, what am I doing only playing these weird, like, side games? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. I, I think that's kind of funny that you mentioned that. That it didn't even dawn on me that you never really played, you like, you stopped playing Pokemon for a while, you know, that mm-hmm. it was like too, it was like too much for kids or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's pretty funny. Yep. Also, I do remember that walk. <laughs> to fye to get my copy of the game because i distinctly remember us just in the and it was in the snow it right? was in the snow it was it was cold it was it was november and i just remember us both going oh like over and over again many yeah, time something frightening thing. would happen we just go because it just was the dumbest name <laughs> but then it, for a long time that was just our uh uh-huh. like, oh yep. that's no good <laughs> And I think while we were walking uh-huh. in the snow, uh, was when we started doing uh, ice cap zone. I, I think you're right because uh, we had already done uh, the Magitech Magitech factory. factory. Yep. Uh, so Craig and I, being the nerds that we are, when we would take these long walks, because uh, for whatever reason we didn't ride bikes. Uh, who needed yeah, bikes? Yeah, I, I didn't. Like when I was a kid, I had a bike and stuff. But after I like became a teenager and I like grown some more, you know, I just I don't know. I didn't get another bike, and I guess I was just devoting my money to video games and not yeah. being outdoors. Probably the wiser choice probably um but yeah we would just like do these acapella versions of these songs and one of us would start it up and the other would join in and we're not going to trouble you with it now but uh maybe at the end of the maybe, episode maybe <laughs> Who knows? it'll probably break into one of these episodes <laughs> if we ever do a final fantasy 6 episode or talk about sonic 3 it's it's bound to come oh out. yeah there we go um so yeah there's a lot of old gaming things with us mostly around music which is pretty awesome but yeah, i think so anyway goldeneye yeah goldeneye <laughs> now it's uh i'm glad you did bring up music for goldeneye because uh i i think it gets overlooked i i really think it has a great soundtrack. I think the music's very fitting. They do a lot of uh, James Bond-esque music, you know. I, I don't think a lot of the music from the game was in the movie, probably due to like licensing and stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, the the main theme is like the James, you know, for Golden Eyes, like yeah. the, the typical That's James Bond That's what we Bond opened themes. the episode with. Uh, you know, otherwise though, I uh, the music was done by Graham Norgate, Grant Kirkhope and Robin Beanland. Uh, and they worked on a whole bunch of rare games in that era. Uh, they uh, they did, like, you know, Killer Instinct. They did, you know, a whole bunch of music from... Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, they did a whole lot of music from that era. And the the music is just the tone is so fitting for like a spy game and yeah. like, you know and the cool thing too is that a lot of the stages maybe even all of them have like suspenseful versions so it's like the same oh, song yeah. but like faster pace when you know craps hitting the fan you know and so the all in all the music's just really really cool and well done and very the tone really sets the stage you know i think my personal favorites are the uh uh, the elevator theme, I think, is always really fun. Oh yeah, just the the very simple James Bond uh-huh. theme, but just like elevator tones. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, I think that's great. Uh, and then otherwise, my probably my personal favorite is the cradle, the final battle, you know, the song. Right. I'm seeing if I can find that uh, satellite control bunker, escape elevator, subterranean caverns, antenna cradle. Here we go. Oh, it's so good. This is the final battle with Alec Trevelyan, who's in a last-ditch effort trying to activate the, you know, the GoldenEye satellite. Which, uh, as an aside, uh, is actually, even though uh, GoldenEye is the first Bond movie that wasn't based on one of Ian Fleming's novels, Mm -hmm. but GoldenEye is a reference to Ian Fleming himself. It's the name of his estate in Jamaica, which is also based on the name of an old operation he did in the war, uh, when he was in uh, British Intelligence It was hmm. Operation GoldenEye And then he eventually named his estate after it oh, And wow. that's what this The the uh, novel that GoldenEye is based on And the movie, you know, of course And the game Interesting Yep uh, Andy actually went to uh, that when he was on vacation uh, a few years ago He cool. visited uh, the GoldenEye estate <laughs> Apparently it's gorgeous I bet Go figure in the Bahamas I don't think I've, it's been so long since I've heard this yeah, this is, this is my favorite theme by far in the game. It might also be the the emotion behind it, you know, the fact yeah. that it's Bond versus Trevelyan, who, it's funny, a lot of Bond's villains I enjoy because I'm, you know, always such a fan of villains, and Trevelyan is is kind of a rare villain because there's really not many other Bond movies where there's a, a rival agent, like, you know, somebody who was once a double O agent who's his enemy, and it's yeah. kind of something you think would... I don't know, be done more often? It's kind of a cliche, but you think it would have been done more. And in fact, up until GoldenEye, it had never been done once before. And it's not really been done since, has mm, it? It has once. Oh. But it wasn't that well done. I don't but, you know, whatever. I don't know. Skyfall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You're not missing much. Yeah. And Skyfall is basically James Bond coupled with The Dark Knight and Home Alone. Home Alone, you say? Uh, the Home wet Alone. bandits are there? <laughs> they might as well be. <laughs> 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 but, uh... I, I, I really, really enjoy the Bond movies, and honestly, I, I, could, I could just, you know, babble quite a bit about just the movies in general. Right. But we'll spare you all that, unless, unless you guys... Nah, never mind. You don't want to hear about it. No. But, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but probably not. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, aside from the... Uh, well, actually, here's a question for you, Xander. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite gun to get in GoldenEye? um i always would run for an rpg or rpc 90 R- rcp 90 was RCP great 90 oh, R- R- thank you R- 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 rcp 90 yeah R- rcp that's right, yeah, yeah. That, that's honestly probably about the best gun in the game because it's just so powerful yeah it just it shoots the the firing rate is so ridiculously immense yeah it just does so much damage either that or the or the silenced uh pbk or whatever PP7, PP7 in the game. Sorry. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the silence PP7 is, is is a lot of fun, especially in the levels, because it works, you know, like a movie silence gun where, yeah. where nobody can hear nobody it. Nobody hears. Even it. though in real life that doesn't really work quite that yeah quietly. But in any event, uh yeah, that's a ton of fun. In fact, uh, uh a couple side notes. Apparently, the way the game works is if you fire a gun that's not silenced people in a uh, enemies in a certain radius around you will be able to hear it and they can you know go to you know attack you mm-hmm. if you don't shoot again though like if you hide or run away or whatever they'll stop they, they don't find you or whatever now if you continually shoot the radius keeps getting bigger and yeah. bigger you know to, to alert more and more enemies uh, and then the other thing too that I thought was kind of interesting is that uh, in order to uh, boost the amount of like you know stealth that you can do in the game, they made it so that you can look through windows and enemies. They don't. They can't see you. The game itself is programmed so that they cannot look through windows. The enemies, like you can, but in order to make it so that it's you know more espionage oriented and stuff, you can creep in, you know, look through windows. But no matter what you do, they'll never see you through a window. Yeah. I don't Like I noticed that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, any other uh, notes on GoldenEye? Any any f- random fun multiplayer stories? Did you ever make one of those uh, cardboard dividers for your screen? No we never did that, but there was always the standing rule that you're not allowed to look at the other person's screen right We would usually turn off radar you know we, we would normally do everything we could in order to make sure that you didn't you know look at the screen. and in fact it uh, it was always kind of funny because you know I know Andy and I back in the day you know he's still really good at the game. back in the day I was pretty good and so usually we would take a lot of pride in the fact that other people we would fight in the game or you know, have shootouts with, I guess, not quite a right. fight. But uh, we would take pride in the fact that, you know, they were a, a, you know, they would be a screen watcher. Right. But you weren't. But you were still good enough that even though you weren't paying attention to their screen, you were still winning. You know, so there's there's a lot of weird pride associated with the game and being good at it. In fact, in that time, I think there's a lot of schoolyard cred that went along right. with the fact that <laughs> it's like, oh, you got this cheat unlocked or, oh, you can beat this level or, oh, you, you know, you you beat you know so and so in this game. Oh, I heard he's one of the best in the in the school, you know. Yeah. Kind of like how eventually Smash Brothers I think eventually kind of became like this, you know, schoolyard yeah. sort of thing where it's like almost like a phenomenon where, you know, it's being good at it gives you likability almost I guess you know i i, I don't it gives you a certain amount of respect from certain people yeah you know i i think that was the case you know i i think if i had run into a person you know and nobody talked to me back then so you know whatever <laughs> but if somebody did talk to me about goldeneye and they had said that they were really good i'd have been pretty you know impressed yeah but nobody talked to me mm-hmm. nobody talks to me even today so that's all we have <laughs> For uh, GoldenEye, uh, just a, a classic multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not ever played this game, you probably don't need to go back and play it, I guess, because you've played other first person shooters that are more current. You know, though, I, I think that if you're looking for even just the the single player mode and you like the, yeah. the stealth, uh, like if you like a first person shooter and you don't mind the fact that it's retro and you want it to be a little bit more stealth oriented, Or at least have that uh, uh, capability. I would definitely look into uh, playing GoldenEye 007 on the 64. I think that if you're playing retro games, and I know most of you are, and you've got a 64, I don't think there's a reason you shouldn't own this and it goes right up there with like Mario Kart for multiplayer games. I do. I do have a reason. Yeah? Perfect Dark. I will say the multiplayer for Perfect Dark (laughs) is infinitely better. It really is. It just, it, it if you don't have is. the expansion, uh, the expansion pack for your Nintendo sixty four, you should play Goldeneye. <laughs> if you have the expansion pack, get Perfect Dark like an adult. But I will say that I like the single player a lot better in Goldeneye than in Perfect I Dark. Guess. I, I did enjoy the, the Perfect single Dark player was it was a really cool like oh man we don't get another GoldenEye game I guess we'll deal with Perfect Dark because it was still made by Rare it was made by Rare like and I mean honestly it shouldn't be bad it's just I don't know you get to levels with like Elvis the yeah, alien some of the, and, some of the levels uh, got kind of ridiculously uh. difficult yeah they are pretty tough too not that GoldenEye is a walk in the park by any means but I feel like it's it's a little simpler you know and especially yeah. in it, I think the controls kind of fit it because typically you're not fighting waves and waves of enemies you know you're normally fighting one or two guards at a time you yeah. know so, yeah, definitely jump back and, and take a look at that. Worth um, looking into, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, if, if you can't get a hold of that, but you can get a hold of Perfect Dark, you get kind of oh, the yeah. feel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I In fact, if you're looking for the multiplayer experience, Perfect Dark. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to wrap up Uh, Perfect Dark slash Goldeneye. <laughs> well, we'll get back to Perfect Dark someday. It's just starting to get sleepy in here. I'm sorry. Uh, So we'll jump into this week's Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. This week's Retro Relapse, we're gonna rock the dragon. Dragon, dragon, rock, rock the, the dragon. Dragon power. Or... Dragon power for dragon Nintendo. Power for Nintendo. Uh, this is obviously a Dragon Ball game. Oh, it's very, Entirely very obvious. based on Akira Toriyama's original. Dragon Ball series. Mm-hmm. And now, this of course came out way before we were seeing anything in, yes. you know, about Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Cause uh, I could be crazy, but I think Dragon Ball Z started first in America. I think it was brought over off the bat. And then they eventually I don't know. brought over Dragon Ball. I could I, be crazy. I trust all anime things to you. Well, we'll go with what I have to say until I'm corrected later. This yeah. is all off memory, but in any event, uh, Dragon Power is like a uh, an old Nintendo game. It's uh, kind of a top-down, sort of top-down. It's 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 like a, it plays sort of like uh Streets of Rage or um, Double Dragon, where you're kind of at this weird angle where you can move up and down and left and right on mm-hmm. the map, uh, and it's not really a platformer because you're always on solid ground. You're just moving on that ground yeah it's it's kind of it's not overhead because you're yeah. staring at it from the side it's yeah. just this weird like bird in a tree angle not necessarily a bird eye like overhead but uh-huh. like kind of a weird angle but yeah it's it's it, it's really weird it's kind of clunky mm-hmm. it's you know kind of uh, hard like we got to what the second level or no, second I think area the third area. maybe third it, but eventually you get to a point where it's like find uh, it's supposed to be Oolong, but they call him Pudgy. <laughs> find Pudgy, and it's Oolong, but the, 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 the shape shifting pig. Yeah, shape shifting pig from Dragon Ball. <laughs> so yeah, so you have to go and um there are these statues, and you as soon as you hit it, it either turns into one of, of three things. It either turns into a boy enemy, a girl enemy, or Pudgy, and Pudgy runs away. <laughs> we assume you have to find Pudgy a bunch of times and knock the snot out of him until you can get through. But we couldn't, we couldn't do it because we couldn't find him in your health gradually just decreases even if you're just standing still it goes down like every 10 seconds by one point and if you yeah. get hit you're you're obviously losing energy and there's not a whole lot of ways to renew your health um there are sandwiches in the game which are panties um <laughs> and that makes you move super fast uh you get the power pole. uh yep I'm assuming you get Nimbus at some point. I don't doubt it. Yeah, you'll, you'll see Kinto Un at some point in that game, I'm sure. Yeah, So I mean, they've they've changed all the characters' names ever so slightly. Except, well, no, some, except Goku. Goku is the same. Yes. Goku some, is just straight up Goku. Some Goku. I don't remember what Bulma's name is, but oh, it wasn't Bulma. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was something different. Master Roshi was not Master Roshi. I think he was just Hermit, which isn't totally wrong. Yeah, no, I, I mean... But he's if, like, I'll give you... I'll give you the... Oh, no, because you, you do get it. He's like, I'll give you Kinto Un, or I'll give you this, this magic cloud or whatever they call it, uh, but uh, Bulma, I need you to give me sandwiches. Yes, yeah, so that's what it was. He asked for sandwiches when in the actual series you'll know that he asked to see her panties because yes. he's a giant creep. Yep. Uh, and these little triangles with little tiny triangles, which I guess is supposed to be lettuce, but we all know his lace, start <laughs> floating around him and he's so happy and he, he lets you go on. Uh, this game actually wasn't Terrible. No, it, it really wasn't. I if, it, if we had more time, I definitely would have put more time into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have a ton of time to play it, which is a shame because it's it's not great, but no. it's not bad. It's really it's okay. Like for I think for a licensed video game, yeah. it's not bad. It's pretty good. Um, I'd be curious to see how far into the story it goes because this was this started uh, Dragon Ball started in what eighty seven in yeah. Japan. And this game came out, like, it started being uh, produced the follow- or the same year. It probably ends with Pilaf, I would imagine. Yeah. The P- I, would, I would imagine it ends with the Pilaf saga. I, I mean, I think there's, especially for a game like this, like a beat 'em up kind of game, the Red Ribbon Arm- Army saga would be great because it's you fighting soldiers and stuff. Yeah. Like, that would be so cool. But I don't know if they would have been that far along. I, it might even end with Yamcha. That, oh, uh, it could I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, take a peek. Uh, uh, while while you do that, I'll babble about uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the Red Ribbon Army Saga, which I'm sure did not get to that point, uh, was great because there was tons and tons of fighting and tons of enemies and you know random soldiers he Goku went up against. And even in the the series, he was mostly alone for that saga, so it makes sense that he doesn't have his friends following around. But the the anime version of Dragon Ball had a lot of filler in the Red Ribbon Army saga. There's quite a lot added in that wasn't in the original manga, uh, you know, in the anime, that is. So it's, I don't know, I can't imagine they would have gotten that far. Uh, does it, uh... There are 14 levels. Oh, okay, so we weren't that far. We were, like, level three. Um. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, um yeah it goes through the red ribbon army really yeah uh stage 14 so this is the list of enemies uh in the level Uh uh-huh uh stage 14 has um unnamed propeller type octoman okay krillin ox king mb army general and unnamed boss robot wow it sounds like that ends the red ribbon army side right I don't know if that maybe the, the game is jumbled up a bit it, that could be I'm not sure how closely it follows the series but that sounds like it's the the ending to the Red Ribbon Army Yeah, saga. there are two different levels where you you collect the Dragon Balls twice uh, in level six you can wish to move a Dragon Tile uh, jump to the future where you fight Monster Rabbit's revenge <laughs> it's like a hidden boss where you yeah. fight monster, Boss Rabbit again yep. Uh power up uh or panties uh or in level 14 the wishes are move dragon tile time travel uh which jumps you back to the beginning of the game being allowed to continue with the current score and power level uh get panties or touch bulma this is where you witness the scene where oolong shapeshifts into bulma and master roshi touches uh (laughs) why wow then the ending will proceed as normal (laughs) that actually happens in the series yeah which is well, so yeah no. it looks like i mean just based on because they don't really the, all the, a lot of the names are changed luckily this version of the the dragon ball uh, wiki kind of translates everything because like we said uh bulma's named nora yamcha's named lancer oolong is named pudgy uh the kamehameha is the wind wave and the dragon balls are referred to as crystal balls that's Funny. Although, it does make sense that uh, in if in the games of the sixth level, you're collecting Dragon Balls. Oh, here we go. And then in the final stage, because that's how the series went. So, the chapters are as follows. Uh, uh-huh. Chapter one, Let's Meet the Turtle, takes place on uh, Mount uh, Pauzu, the the boss the boss's bear thief. Oh, uh, Evil Oolong takes place in Aru Village, Bosses Oolong. Uh-huh. Uh, cold Yamcha in the desert uh, takes place in Diablo Desert, Bosses Yamcha. Uh, between Fire Mountain and Ox King, on Fire Mountain, bosses Ox King, not mm-hmm. the Rabbit. Takes place in Fungus Town, bosses Monster Carrot. Yeah, Pilaf's battle takes place in P- his castle. The bosses Emperor Pilaf. Kung Fu Tournament first round, bosses Krillin. Second round is uh, Major uh, Metalatron. Uh, that semi- isn't in the series or the an- or the manga or the anime. Uh, semi final is Yamcha. Uh, Kung Fu Tournament final, the bosses Uh Monster Carrot's Revenge. Goku goes to the moon to battle Monster Carrot. <laughs> Seven Island takes place on Islands. The bosses are a duo of giant crabs named Bubbler. Uh, jungle King Bimbo takes place in the jungle. The boss is Bimbo. And Candy takes place in uh, in the Kanpei Tower. Kroku fights Krillin, Ox King, and the off Robot. So it doesn't necessarily follow. No, it doesn't. It, it f- looks like it gets to the, the tournament and then it's just like, well, let's just make up something. Yeah, because uh, uh, in the tournament, uh, Jackie Chun... Fights Yamcha, yeah. wrecks him, and then uh, you know, eventually fights Goku. So yeah. they must have not maybe at that point in the uh, when they were making the game, they didn't realize who Goku would fight in the tournament. Maybe that's and heck, uh, uh, Goku uh, does Goku fight Krillin in the first tournament? No, uh, Jackie no. Chun takes out uh, yeah. Krillin. So yeah, no, he he, uh, uh, he doesn't even get to fight Krillin in that first tournament. Uh, Booyan, who is the 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 uh, um, champion in the game is actually the uh Blueberry Pink Tenant of Muscle's fifth floor. Uh where uh, where Goku beats the industry the seemingly indestructible uh Android eight. Oh Ader Yeah, that's booyah on there. Oh, that's right. And I think that's anime only. Yeah, I don't remember reading that in the manga. Yeah, I think it's anime only yay ads <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah muscle tower was uh, uh kind of fun uh, yeah. little saga in the uh, series but uh so yeah this game was I, I didn't know that this was even up in the collection we were looking at it um, and I just have to go, Dragon Power. I wonder if that's the old Dragon Ball game that I had always heard about but never played. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was. Yeah, no, it's because uh, uh, the cover—it's it's just like a random Kung Fu guy in a white gi <laughs> and a red belt, like looks <laughs> yeah. almost like Ryu. And there's this weird-looking dragon. You would have no idea that this is a Dragon Ball game until you put it in and start playing. And then clearly, that's Bulma. Clearly, that's Goku. Oolong, Yamcha. Yeah, there's no doubt. Turtle Peggy's Hermit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's I I feel like the the I wouldn't enjoy the game as much if it wasn't Dragon Ball. Like, I think that there's a yeah. lot going for it that, you know, makes me think, like, oh, that's too long, that's so great, you know? Yeah. But, Xander, uh, uh, what would you put this game on the 8-bit scale? Um I'd probably give it a 5. Like, I didn't think it was... Uh, there was nothing about it that was unplayable. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow me away. And like no, you said, yeah. the only reason that I wanted to keep progressing was because it was Dragon Ball. Yeah, I, I think for me, and probably- I probably... I'm sorry to cut you off. I think especially as we got later on in the game and it started to deviate from the Dragon Ball story, I'd be less interested. Probably, yeah. I, I think that I'd probably give this game like a four or a five. Maybe more likely a four. I was hoping for the music to be based on yeah. the, the anime's music yeah, just because I, I did enjoy that. The and music was kind of disappointing. Yeah, it was pretty crummy. The sound was eh. But it's it's there's a certain charm to playing an old Dragon Ball game that you it wasn't supposed to be Dragon Ball. It, it, was remind, just, no. it reminds me of of going to the dollar store and buying toys for like GI Joe that weren't GI Joe, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> they <laughs> were totally GI yeah. <laughs> Joe, Off-brand or like G.I. the 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 uh, pictures you see of like the Justice Heroes, and it's like. Clearly, Superman and a Ninja <laughs> Turtle and Shrek for some reason, <laughs> yeah. like it just—that's what it felt like. It felt like we were getting away with something almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're right. It's it feels very bootleggy, even though it even though it's really super bootleggy. official. Yeah, it's yeah. it was official. Yeah. Uh, as an aside, I I do really enjoy looking at like online all those old like crappy toys that are off brand and knock off and stuff yeah. they use assets from different companies and it's like yeah, just ripping off, ripping off the actual thing and like trying to work your way around it's the best like there's this one and I wish I could find it uh, maybe I'll, I'll look it up for another episode but there's this uh, Chinese Batman Begins uh-huh. like DVD bootleg and the story on the back is just like the weirdest thing but it's so funny I, I actually had, uh, I found it in the store once and I, I had to buy it. There was like an, an action police dart gun, you know, those sticky dart guns. Yeah. Uh, but the box art was Gundams. It was very clearly Gundam that they just ripped off and slapped on this box and totally got away with it, apparently. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I'm trying to see if by chance I still have this uh, weird Batman thing saved on my phone. Uh, any else? Anything else about Dragon Ball while I look this up? Ah, uh, you know, uh, or it, Dragon Dragon Power. Dragon Power, yes. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about the game itself, but uh, for our fans that were fans of, uh, you know, the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and even now Dragon Ball Super, you know, which is the new series that's out. And I guess if you're a weirdo and you like GT, uh, you know, you you should definitely look into this game if you're into retro games. I don't know if it's worth a lot. Like if it's expensive, I wouldn't buy it. But, uh, you know, give it a give it a play. And uh, for that matter, you know, if you have the time, you know, give Dragon Ball a, See Abridged a listen because it's the, you know, big fans of the show, you know, uh, uh, dubbing over Dragon Ball, shortening it and making fun of it and also giving it a lot of love. You know, they they give it a lot of attention. So if you're if you're a fan of the the series and you know you've you've read the manga, you've watched the anime, you've seen the subpar movies, you know, give uh give this game a try. And if you're looking for other mediums, then you know Dragon Ball Z Abridged is definitely something to look into. Dragon Power can be picked up on eBay for as cheap as ten bucks. Would you pay would you pay ten dollars for Dragon Power? I think I would. The novelty of it? Yeah. yeah the, the, the novelty of it, yes. It, it, In fact, there's a bid that's going on right now for The Legend of Cage and Dragon Power for $26. bucks. it has got a minute left. I kind of want to jump on there just because my, my brother's told me about The Legend of Cage and it's a game he wants us to talk about eventually and I've never played it. Really? It's an old samurai game. Wow. Well, I mean, are you going to buy it? No. <laughs> I got burned the last time. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, so Chinese Batman Begins. Okay. Right? All right. Let's hear it. Just in the, in the, in the spirit of, of knockoffs and just how funny they are. Uh-huh, go on. So this is the, the story on the back of it. Uh, not only are there two different pictures of Christian Bale Batman, there's also an animated Batman on the back of this cover. <laughs> uh, right. So Batman Begins. When being a child, Bruce Wayne had witnessed with his own eyes the fact his parents of millionaire were killed cruelly, so affected his strong desire of revenge, his, or revenging his parents... However, God had never given him a chance to fulfill his will following the advice of Ra's Al Ghul, the chief of Ninja group. Bruce come to Getty, which was a corrupted city filled with various crime groups. Bruce found a basement under his villa in which the equipments turned him into another person. Spider Man, with his what? mask, Spider Man, stroke all criminal activities and criminals everywhere, such as Tugon, the chief of mafia, Doctor Jack Straw, the abnormal drug trafficker, even a mysterious opponent's quite familiar with him. What? I love that Bruce Wayne became Spider Man <laughs> and took on Togon, what? the chief of mafia, and Doctor Jack Straw. <laughs> wow uh, knockoffs are the best <laughs> wow uh let us know what your favorite crazy knockoffs are <laughs> uh that's definitely something we will hopefully never talk about <laughs> i don't know man i feel like dr jackstraw is gonna invade our DD games eventually <laughs> you'll see dr jackstraw dr jackstraw uh, so that does it for our retro relapse this mm-hmm. week. Um, like we said, you can get Dragon Power for as cheap as 10 bucks, and if you are a Dragon Ball fan at all, give it a shot. 10 bucks what's going to hurt? It's not at all. Not at all. Uh, so that will lead us into our RPG protagonist battle for this week, yep. and I will let you go first because I'm down to a character who could definitely win and one who definitely isn't. <laughs> All right. In that case, I'm going to go with uh, Lucia, okay, from Lunar Two. Okay, Lucia's the main uh, female character. Yes. Yep. Uh, she is uh, uh, appears mysteriously in front of. Ah, oh, is it Hero? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Hero from Lunar Hero Two and uh, Ruby. Yeah, uh, Hero and Ruby. Uh, I don't remember a ton about this game. In all honesty, it's been a long time since I've played it, which is a shame because it's a really good RPG. Yeah, uh, Lunar Two Eternal Blue was a was it originally Sega Saturn and then came yeah, to Se- PlayStation? Uh, Sega CD, Sega CD, and then came to PlayStation. Uh, basically, it's uh, set uh, quite a long time after the first Lunar game, and you play Hero and he gets wrapped up in this adventure to fighting this like ancient evil uh, Zohar. Or is Zofar? Zofar, Zofar, yeah. And he meets Ron Farr, uh, who you know who we've talked about on the you know, the show before. Previous episode, yeah. Previous, yeah. Uh, he uh, meets a, a whole cast of a bunch of different girls, and Lucia is the first one he meets. It's mm-hmm. the the arguably like the main female lead, even though the game is kind of interesting in the fact that whereas Lunar had like obvious couplings between the you know six characters, yeah, you know that'll join you, and uh, you know there's other side characters as well, of course, but the main characters there's obvious couplings. But in this game, it's more kind of like Tenchi Muyo, where it's like a harem style, where more of the, like the girls have the potential to like your character. You know, it's which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, little touch. Mm-hmm. But Lucia is uh, uh, kind of interesting. She's the uh, she doesn't like have any memories. And you eventually find out that she's uh, like, is it that she's like from the moon? I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. She's like from the moon, and she's like, uh, uh like a an agent of the goddess, you know, and uh, uh, who you know is of course Luna, you know, who you find you know find from the, the previous game or whatever. But uh, yeah, she was she was pretty cool. I uh, I I'm kind of surprised Chaps chose her, you know, out of all the characters. I feel like uh, honestly, even though she's the main girl, I feel like some of the other girls were maybe a little more interesting. You know, a little more quirky, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like Lamina is like super greedy. I remember. Uh, uh, there was a, a girl with green hair whose name I don't remember. Who's like a, a from a tribe of like uh, uh, nomads, I believe. Yeah, Lunar Two is my weak point. I remember Silver Star story much better than I do Eternal Blue. Me. Yeah, uh, but I, I remember it being a really good game. And there's a really uh, uh, awesome after game to Lunar Two. Where essentially it's you getting Lucia back, you know. Uh, which I think is really cool. You know, the the end of the game isn't quite the end, you know, you get that uh extra chance to yeah. you know get the girl kind of. Uh so uh but it's all I also remember the after game being immensely difficult compared to the rest of the game. I believe it. But uh but yeah, that's uh who I'm choosing. Who are you going with, uh, Xander? Uh I'm gonna go with a favorite from Final Fantasy nine, Quena Quinn quina quen yep quina is a pretty interesting one why don't you give us a rundown on quina so quina is uh it's sort of an optional character kind of, yeah. like you don't have to have her uh like so in the beginning of the game they have like a theme for each character like uh is just wondering like who am i and what am i doing here mm-hmm. uh quina's is indulgence and her quote is i do what i want you have problem uh so she's a she's a genderless uh coup or q i don't really know it's just q you i'm so we'll say ku Ku. yeah uh, sure. a tribe known for their strange eating habits long tongues and poor language skills so it's like quina just speaks broken english the entire time you're mm-hmm. talking with him her yep. uh she uh s it. slash he like she he yeah uh yes queen is just an awesome like super comic relief character just always doing dumb things and just always has this dumb look on its face but i this queen is great she's a, it's a blue mage Oh, so you, uh, yeah! you get your powers uh, by eating other enemies. Yep. Um, and she's just goofy. I love her. She's. I lo- actually, <laughs> I was playing FF9 not too long ago, actually, and, you know, just a little bit here and there. It's a game that I, I have on, uh, you know, my PlayStation TV, and I, you know, I'll, I'll pick it up maybe for a few hours here and there, level build a bit, you know, just whatever to kill some time. And Quena was in my team when I was playing last, and Quena leaves your party. Oh, every time. Like, that's the one... uh, I'm sorry to to cut you off... yeah, so there's active time events in Final Fantasy IX, which we've talked about before. We did an entire episode on Final Fantasy IX. Mm-hmm. Every time you go into a city, instead of having your group follow you and everything happens, your brand, your team always splits off and does things. And for the most part, it's something to do with the story. <laughs> Quina always just goes off and does like looks for food. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, when I was playing last, though, uh, she leaves your team to go fishing. Like she just leaves the party. Like you get a new party member, yep. Iko, and Quina leaves the team just so she. <laughs> She he can uh, fish. Yep, it's great. Yeah, Queen is great. Uh, it's super random, just mm-hmm. dumb, strange character, which is just I love those characters. And a blue mage. Yep, they're all blue mages are almost always my favorites in Final Fantasies. They're so much fun. Uh, uh, using enemy skills is just really I don't know. There's something really I don't know. Feels really good to be using your own enemies' abilities against them. Yeah, there's a, there's a mini game throughout all the different maps. Every time you find a new marsh, you catch frogs, and if you catch yeah. the the most frogs, you uh, learn uh, an ability called Frog Drop. And based on how many frogs you caught, it does exponentially more damage. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. So That's you can great. eventually have her with an attack that does nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage all the time. Because you caught frogs. Yep. There's also like you can uh, eat the enemies. So like if they're if they're below a certain amount and they have a power you can learn from, them, or even if they don't, you can just like kill them. Yeah, insta-kill yep. if the health is low enough. Um, and it's, they'd be like, mmm, tastes gross, or, or <laughs> tastes bad, or mmm, tastes good, and then you learn this attack. There's a spot early on, and I we, again, we talked about this in the Final Fantasy 9 episode, uh, where you can fight Grand Dragons. Uh, Who fight with lightning, and as long as you have enough coral rings and you can, you know, keep people alive. If Quina can use uh, one of her attacks, it takes it down to just enough health to where it can be eaten, and you just get massive amounts of experience points, and you just like level yourself up like crazy. Oh, that's a pretty slick trick. Yeah, and not not only that, but you're having uh, you have Steiner in your party at the time, um, and Steiner has an attack that gets strong or no. I think Steiner has an attack that's stronger for how many battles you have him finish or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, there's certain. There, I remember my my ending party was Zidane, uh, Freya, who had an attack for every dragon that you killed. She did exponentially more damage, <laughs> so I kept fighting <laughs> these grand dragons. Um, and the Quena and Steiner, who all had an attack that did 9,909 damage, which just wrecked the final boss. Yeah, that final boss really gets wrecked quick. Yeah, but then you can also go for, try to fight Ozma, which will just destroy you. So, no, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so Quena versus Lucia. Yep. So uh, this is our penultimate uh, round of the initial. Um, we have one more after this? We have this? one more after this. Oh, nice. Yep. And then we'll we'll reorganize everything, and then we'll have the winners take on winners, and then we'll eventually see who uh, will be the winner of the Legend of Retro RPG protagonist battle, as voted on by you guys and us. I hope it's Quena i hope it's quina Quina's so good <laughs> uh the glitch in our discord has actually said uh if if gino doesn't win this whole contest is rigged that i mean he's not wrong no probably <laughs> not but queen is pretty great yeah i'd hate to see these two come together i don't know who i'd vote for uh, that's tough yeah that's a tough one i really it's easy it. it's easy right now because i just vote for my characters no big deal <laughs> but. When I have my characters versing my characters, it's going to be a much... Uh, a little tougher. A little bit harder, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can vote for this on our Facebook group page, uh, Legend of Retro on Facebook. Just send us a request to join the page. We'll let you in. We just make sure that there are no robots, um, and we post all sorts of fun gaming news there, uh, retro gaming news, and talk about the episodes. You can leave us feedback there. Uh, any questions you have for us, we'll try to answer them there as quickly as we can. Uh, But that's going to do it for this episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. Uh, This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we will catch you next time when the legend continues.